Hello everyone and welcome to episode number 56 of the unofficial, official, unofficial Rogue Company podcast. Broadcast. I'm here with Co-Reed. I'm here with Dirt Lord. I'm here with Garbo. And I'm here with Griffin. And this is the Rogue Company podcast bringing you all the news that you need to know about Rogue Company. We're going to start off first here with the BV update notes. So, of course, we get the new Rogue Vivi, rock star with exceptional talent and widespread fame in the music industry, allegedly, uh, bought her way into Rogue Company by providing them with valuable intel on a jackal infiltrator. Hmm. Hmm. So, uh, her ability is stage presence. It's an AOE buff for teammates within 20 meters of Vivi. I like how they don't. Oh, the range is 20 meters. The stage presence hills and or overhills affected allies. For 30 HP, with the overhill decaying at 5 HP per second, and it grants affected allies 10% movement speed for 10 seconds. Um, of course, her passive is smooth moves. It's a modifier to her dodge roll, so while she's sprinting, she can activate the dodge roll to enter a power slide that allows her to hip fire while sliding. And then she has the new dual boyer SMGs. So... On top of this, we also got a hotfix. So I'm going to do this a little bit differently. I'm going to bounce back and forth between the two documents here. Um, for her original loadout, she had the regeneration field and the impact grenade. When the hotfix came out, they replaced her impact grenade and gave her EMPs. And then also they made a couple of changes to the dual boyers. So they increased the accuracy for aim over the shoulder or ADS. The reload time went from 3.4 seconds down to 2.4 seconds on Uncommon, Rare, and Epic, and the reload time by 2.9 seconds down to 2.2 seconds on Legendary. Increased the ammo reserve by one additional magazine. So this is the first rogue that we have got in over a year at this point. And she's a support rogue, as much as you want to consider her a support rogue, I guess you'd say. Mm. Yeah. But um, she's been in the game for, what, two weeks now? A little over a week. Roughly. And we've all played with her a little bit and experienced playing around her, playing against her. So what do you guys think of the new addition that we got over a year after Juke was introduced into the game? Boo. I mean, it's not exactly what I wanted. Underwhelming is the best I could describe yeah. it. I like... Her ability is basically a not as good chalk overheal that affects people in your radius. Like, I, no one can determine where the radius is or anything. Yeah. You just got to have those pictures in the corner of your screen. But, like, I would like to have, like, a a circle around me, like an outline or something to let me know and let everyone else know if you're in this circle, you get my little bit of health. Yeah. No, I agree. Yeah, and there's no indic uh, there's no real indicator that like shows how much HP that your team has around you either. Like you have to be pretty much staring at your team the entire time to even know if they need healing or not. Yeah. Yep. And I've I've found that the juke boots are more useful than her slide is at this point. Sometimes it, yeah. it's glitchy most of the time if you hit like it's usually if you hit like stairs, of course, but sometimes you could just be sliding out in the open. And maybe, I don't know, the map ain't a certain way, and you'll just crouch. And you can't uncrouch by running or anything. You have yeah. to hit the stand-up button to get out of it. Right. That's Horrible rough. Animation. It's rough yeah. when you're in the middle of a fucking gunfight. Mm, yeah. 
So there's a couple. That's definitely. Go ahead. Sorry. No, go ahead. Go ahead. I was just saying that's definitely an animation that should not be in the game that we're having to deal with right now for a character we. Yeah, I agree. So with the slide itself, they put in for whatever reason this mechanical ability to where if you are sliding close to a wall or close to a piece of cover, it's going to automatically make you crouch at the end of that slide. And mm -hmm. I did some testing. And if you're in the slide animation and you press the crouch button, whether it be on controller or on mouse and keyboard, if there's no walls around you, you will come out at the end of that slide in the crouch. So mm -hmm. it's the same as the roll. Whenever you roll, if you're in mid roll and you press the crouch button at the end of the roll, if the game recognizes the inputs, you will be in crouch position. Why did they have to put in this arbitrary mechanic that automatically crouches you whenever you're within a specific distance of a wall or a piece of cover or whatever. It doesn't make like it considers every solid surface on the map as a piece of cover. So why it, do you want to be instantly crouched whenever you're trying to just move from position to position and keep your momentum going? If I want to crouch, I'll crouch. Exactly. Mm -hmm. I don't need the game to do it for me. I've got a button to do that. Well, they put the auto uh, shoulder swap function in there. So, you know, got to make it as what? Yeah. Yeah. That yeah. was forever ago. But yeah, there's a, there's an auto shoulder swap feature in the settings. Oh, that would screw me all kinds of up, dude. Oh, it does. So don't try it. I tried it. No, I wouldn't I like, do it. No, no dude. No. Yeah. I just wanted to see what it would do. No, oh, man. Yeah. It's everywhere. So they're trying to make the game. In that way, they're making the game somewhat more accessible, but this is something that needs to have a toggle, for, in my opinion. Like, you have a toggle to turn the auto shoulder swap off. Why, do, why is yep. there not a toggle that exists specifically for Vivi so that whenever you are sliding around, it doesn't auto crouch you? That doesn't, and then sometimes there's some other weird interactions that I've seen where you'll come out of the slide, you'll be in crouch, you stand up, you start running again, and then it will make you crouch out of nowhere. And it's like, did the inputs get messed up? Like, did I use the wrong button to stand up? Because in that scenario, I'll use C, stand back up instead of spacebar, continue on running, and then I'll just crouch all of a sudden. So did it get the inputs messed up? Did did it override something in the coat? Like, what is that? They don't, I guarantee you, they have no idea why it does that. But it's a stupid mechanic. It really is. And having the aura presence or the stage presence thing or Vivi specifically in the bottom right-hand corner where you can see the rogues in your radius, that's nice. It would be nice if, if they're not going to have a circle around her character to signify if you're close enough to get that healing, at least put something on the teammate screen in the bottom right-hand corner in the same area to show that you are close enough to receive that healing and to receive the benefits from that. But how hard yeah. is it to put like how much... It's a simple color scheme because it's pink right now. You have the character portrait and then it's pink background. How hard is it to have like green for good, yellow for taking damage, red for, you know, need healing imme immediately. And then like a yellow signifies that that character is down. Like they could, they don't even have to put the health bar or anything else that is like super dynamic in that way. They can just color code the background of that so that you know what kind of condition your teammates are instead of 
focusing on trying to keep your teammates alive as opposed to being part of the gunfight. It's like mm-hmm. nobody over there thought about any of this stuff. They're like, oh, Vivi's nearby. I'm going to get healing at some point. And it's like, yeah, but if you're doing a 4v4 push and the team is like, we're going to focus on this one specific rogue, they're going to go down almost instantly. And with the health decay rate of doing the overheal, there's no real reason to buff your teammates before going into a gunfight because the gunfight may get stalled out before that. You know what I'm saying? Like, for being a year, since we've got over a year since we got a new character, she is terrible. She's terrible. Like, the SMGs are okay. Like, they're fine. You know, they are what they are. But as a support character, she doesn't play like a support character. They gave her EMPs, which is nice, because they took them away from Dima, and we'll get to that here in just Mm -hmm. a second. But she has no offensive gadget. She's got the healing station, which is basically what she is. So... It's just, it's weird. It's like they, it's for every step forward they take, they take two steps backwards. But luckily, it wasn't completely broken that they had to disable the character or anything. They dropped the update on a Tuesday. By Friday, there was a hot fix out addressing some of the issues with the character and with the game overall. And so far, it hasn't been terrible experience with, with her being in the game. I haven't seen any weirdness happen or anything like that. It's just they focus so much time and effort on getting this rogue ready to be released, and she's just so underwhelming. It's it sucks, man. It's like if they would have released her before they release like Glimpse, Juke, um, Umbra, if they would have lumped her into the middle of that initial rogue release, she would have been a great addition to the cast. But after waiting a year, meh. It's bad. It's just, it's bad. Yeah. So with the the dual boyers, I know that we've all kind of experienced those uh, a little bit off and on playing with and against them. And with them actually giving them a small buff with the accuracy for the ADS and then the reload times, it does feel better now than it did when they originally dropped it on the, on that Tuesday. But I feel like, that her SMGs are the more balanced SMGs in the game right now. They're not, they're good up close, but they're not consistent. They're decent at range, but the range fall off is so close to her that you really have to close that gap in order to like actually do some decent damage output. So they feel as far as SMGs are concerned, they feel pretty balanced. I agree. I think so too. <clears throat> and that's with the buff, not not with when they first started. I mean, the reload speed was so bad, like you pretty much couldn't run them in demolition. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but here's what I will say: the dual boyers feel better in single life game modes than they do in respawn game modes, just because of the nature of how those weapons work. And I understand that a lot of people, because whenever they first dropped, I was like, we were playing a lot of demo and I was like, they feel fine because you have downtime between gunfights. Mm-hmm. You, 
You have tactical movement. You have time to reload your weapons while you're in engagements. It's not like you're getting pushed by four people or six people and having to constantly worry mm-hmm. about flanks and stuff, you know? I mean, sometimes they push. Yeah. Sometimes. <laughs> yeah. And so, I mean, again, I, I found it the strong suit for her, for the boys, was the fact that Vivi had nibble hands. You know, the fact that she could just re- reload them so fast. I feel like that was kind of like their balance for it. Yeah. Either either way, I do feel like it did need like some tweaks. But like, it was, I mean, it was hard to run those. Like, it was, because if you're trying to flank, you're like, most likely, if you don't kill somebody on the flank and they are communicating to one another, they're going to tell the other. You know what I mean? And then what happens is, oh, he's reloading, go. So, like, two people go in there while you're over. Yeah. No, I get that. So, I mean, yeah. And, like, on demo, you kind of have to play her more of, like, you play Saint. Yeah. Wait. Out of the way, not yeah. really. Yeah, you want him to be in the back so you can heal him. Yeah, exactly. But he, so, but he he also has that ability. Like I know she carries AR, but like he carries DMRs as well. So it kind of makes him a little more able to play long range. Where hers is kind of like Dahlia, like has to play a little close unless you know running the DMRs. But yeah, running the SMGs, it's the same style. Yeah, it, and she feels like a support in that way, where it's like. Her weapons do decent damage output, but and you can win 1v1 engagements and things like that, but with, with the healing station, with the EMPs, with the ability, it really feels like you're just supposed to exist around your team and just buff your team and then take pop shots at people. Right, cover well, them. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, cover them as they're doing pushes and stuff. Yeah. So, but if you run it with... Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. No, you go ahead. I was just going to say, if you run her with a knight, if you run her with um, the SLC, if you run her with any of the assault rifles, then that completely changes her up. Like her weapons were made, were kind of designed specifically for her, and it's designed for that more support playstyle. But once you swap weapons and into these more OP weapons that need to be looked at, then you are turning yourself from like a average support character that's existing in the gunfight, taking pop shots and hand resin people to an awful answer. So like I said, I mean, they made a like dualist support hybrid. They made this character. That's like, she's kind of a support, but she's not really a support. And at the end of the day, like the community wanted another support character and with her yes. not having a distant reveal or distant revive mechanic into her into her kit, how does this make her any different than Trench or Seagrid or Seeker or anybody that has like higher level revive perks? It doesn't. It makes yeah. her more like Runway. So I don't know. To I, maybe I'm old fashioned. You know, may, maybe maybe we're I'm aging myself out of like this discussion. But whenever I think oh. of like support character in a video game, I think of someone that is like primary thing is healing people. If you have someone that's a battlefield, like that controls the battlefield that kind of zones people out and things like that, 
that is a support as well, but in a different way. So in that regard, I would consider Vice. Like if they're going to consider VV and Runway a support, then they have to consider Trench, Vi, uh, Scorch to an extent. Any characters that can zone areas off and create space, it's the same idea. Because that's what she's doing. She's creating space. So, yeah. I don't know. Whoever's in charge over there needs to really like sit down and define what a support character actually is. Because to me, throwing a briefcase and letting people get infinite ammo in a single life game mode and an, and an additional gadget or someone that can like do a, a mediocre chalk overhill and throw a healing station down isn't really a support to me. Right. And the overhill doesn't sustain long enough to even be worth even be worth it like it's it's armor at best that deplenishes in a very fast time like 10 seconds is that right like 10 seconds (laughs) it starts it starts going away as soon as it happens so it's right it's faster than 10 seconds (laughs) it's 5 hp per second so as soon as you get the overhill you're losing five and then five and then five and then five five seconds that's pathetic yeah oh my god yeah so it's just that I think that what they need to do, like, and we can look at her perks real quick. So she has rare evade, rare berserker, rare tracker rounds, epic stalker, epic lifeline, epic helping hands, legendary nimble hands, and legendary gadgeteer. So my proposed changes to her, and this isn't a video that I've got coming out, but like my proposed changes to her is get rid of gadgeteer. It makes sense for her to have gadgeteer when she had the impact grenades, but since she doesn't have them anymore, then you only need the EMP occasionally right because it puts their abilities on cooldown so you don't need the emp constantly and then the healing station doesn't move so you're locking your team down to one designated area to get the benefits of it so what's the point get rid of gadgeteer and give her energized so that she can get more abilities off her round or have a lockout for the overheal or Give her the ability to start having enemy or teammates start regenerating health as soon as she procs the ability, like a stem does. I like that for real. That's probably the one I like the most. I mean, if and they want to create synergy with their characters, helping hands and lifeline does nothing to her ability. Her passive ability does nothing to her ability. There's no synergy in her kit. The only synergy comes from the regeneration field, but it locks you down. So it's just, there's no synergy there. It sucks. Like Saint has synergy. Dahlia has synergy. Oh, I can buy these perks and I can be better at my job as a support. She can buy these perks and she can hand revive people faster, but it's not going to buff her it's not doing anything to her main abilities exactly so yeah it's kind like of like anything to like increase the duration of her ability like anything to make her ability uh, take more healers up for even a higher overcharge yeah. 125 it could be like 150 or something yeah yeah so it's just i don't know she's not the best designed rogue like her aesthetic and stuff with her being like a, a rock star and all that stuff i like her i like the character um, her like doing the yell thing whenever she uses the ability is kind of annoying, but I've s- learned to start tuning it out more and more. But yeah. it's the the passive and active ability are just very uninspired. They need to do some work with yeah. her. 
Yeah, because the slide, man, it's so short. You don't even really have enough time to shoot in the slide. I yeah. feel like they and, could extend it just a little bit, maybe a foot or a couple, and they need to fix that thing with the stairs, man. Like, I know you shouldn't, like, physically in real life be able to slide upstairs, but this is <laughs> a video game. Mm-hmm. Let's, well, just, that, let's just do it. Well, that goes back to, like, gaining momentum whenever you're running. Like, why can you trigger the slide from a dead standstill and gain the same distance sliding as you do when you're running full sprint and you make the slide happen? Exactly. It, it feels janky because it locks you into a set distance, which from a balance perspective makes sense. But at the same time, like it feels unrealistic and it feels unreliable because like maybe I want to run full speed and have like a bar down here. That's like, okay, you continue running, you gain momentum over time. And whenever you slide, it's going to continue your slide longer and longer and longer and longer. I mean, that's a cool. Especially if you're, if you're going down like a large staircase or a hill, at least make it to the bottom of it. Yeah. So yeah, it's yeah, just that would be a cool. I yeah. like that a lot. That would I mean, make a lot of sense. And yeah, that actually gives her some of those longer gives, staircases. Uh, and how dope and it would I'll, be to go from the top to the bottom, just sliding down it. Right, and it'll give you more of a reason to use her passive ability to actually be able to shoot in the slide. Exactly. Yeah. Well, and think about like if you're in a gunfight, you know, people crouch and stuff. If you're in a gunfight, like, and you're walking around and not running, and you can initiate that slide, but it's not going to throw your, mo- it's not going to make you slide the full duration. Then imagine being in that close quarters gunfight where you drop to your knees real quick, you can hit fire, and then you pop right back up, and you're, you know what I'm saying? Like, it would be another like one v one mechanical way to try to gain advantage on your targets. It would basically be like crouch shotting, but like to the next level. But it would be something that you would have to master. You'd have to master the triggering the run, triggering the crouch, getting the hip fire lined up, and then popping back up. Like it would be, it would be ten times better than the the crouch fire, where you just spam the crouch button. So I don't know. It's like they didn't really think this through. They invested all this time into trying to get this character run in correctly so that they could bring her to the game. And it's like just sitting here talking about her for 20 minutes. We've came up with 10 better ideas for this character than they've implemented into the game. It just tells you the shoddy design that they have going on there with the rogues. I mean, Vivi overall out of 10... If she came out like lumped in the middle of all those other rogues that came out, I would have probably give her like a seven, eight out of ten. But with her being the first rogue that we've had released since Juke over a year ago, I'm giving her a three out of ten. I was thinking of two. Yeah. Mm. I mean, she's another duelist basically. She overheals herself. A lot of VVs, not us, but a lot of mm. other VVs that we've seen are very selfish with it. And that's how people are gonna play her. I mean, you have to expect that. It's basically... Majority. Yeah. Yeah. If you give her a stem as her ability, people are going to be selfish with that, and they're going to run her as a duelist. So, I think two or three out of ten makes sense. Yeah. Thanks. So, we got the new event pass. people are not team players. Not to interrupt you. No, no, (laughs) you're fine, because it's true. A lot of people aren't team players. 
We got the new event pass. We talked about this on the last broadcast. We saw the leaks of the skins. They're not great. <laughs> Even implemented in game. I think I've ran mm. into one person running that Lancer skin. And they haven't boo. had. They haven't had any really like good skin. Quite a while, honestly. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna say like, there might be one decent one. Pass. That was it. I mean, there's a few like there's a few decent ones here and there, but I mean, when you get what three? Is it three every event pass? Yeah, every event pass. If you don't count and the boxes, you might get one good one. Yeah, one that I'm willing to be like, oh, I want that. Like I've bought one event pass out of the last like four, I think. Yeah, and it was for the it was for the demon skin. Yeah, yeah, that, that was, was the, the best reason one. I got it. Yep. Yeah, it was the whole reason <laughs> I got it. It's like the, their cosmetics are slowly going downhill. And on, on top of that, like they switched to an event pass system where it's a six week, you know, event pass. They're dropping three skins in there. They're charging 700 rogue bucks, which is $7. They like these skins that was in this event pass should have just been put in the store. And if people wanted yeah. them, they should have paid rogue bucks for them. Like at the end of the day, I they, they look I think terrible. A couple of them could have been reputation. Yeah, for sure, right? That Lancer that's, skin that's especially. Yeah. It's terrible. Yeah. And here's oh, the thing, man. Cool. Like, I understand that it takes, like, a little bit of, like, uh, effort to come up with some skins every few months. But I don't think it's honestly that hard if you've got a creative mind, man. Like, every event pass should have a theme. Mm -hmm. Pick the three rogues that you want to do. And then it would it'd be fairly easy to figure out what you want to do with those rogues within that theme. Yeah. It, it could be an easy theme. It's summer. Beach days. Let's do all swimsuit, swimmer, you know, that type of shit. It'd be easy. Yeah. Halloween, easy. They don't... It's all random crap, dude. It is. It is. And and like I said, the, they're not using... It, it. To me, it feels like they walk into the room and they're like, what skins do you have ready? Well, we have this leftover Lancer skin that we didn't put in this one yes. uh, battle pass. All right, what's the other one you got? Well, we took all the Dallas stuff from the Noir skin and we put this weird Halloween head on top of him and we made him black and white. Okay, what's the next one? Yeah. Uh, well, we've been working on this weird Umbra skin for a different event pass that we've got. No, no, no. Is it ready? Yeah. Put it in the game. Oh. Like, that's what it feels like. Yeah. It feels Make like they- it the yeah. last skin you get. Yeah. Why is his pants green? Dude, I Fine. like... Here's the thing with the Umber <sighs> skin. The purple glasses, the green pants, all that stuff. Like, it looks like something... It looks like Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle. Yeah, something from the 90s. Yes, which is fine. Cartoon. But with the other skins, it's trash. And with it being the legendary skin, it's trash. It should have been the epic skin at best. That I mean, it's just... It seems like it was supposed to be part of something else that just didn't didn't get made or hasn't been made or whatever. And like they've done countless surveys where it's like, we're gonna do a survey about what you guys think about event passes, this, that, and the other. And it's like, what kind of themes do you like? And they give you like six lists of themes and you go through there and you can click every single one of them. Ninety-nine percent of those themes have not had skins for them. Fantasy medieval, sports, um, 90 style, 80 style. Mm. Uh, I think high fantasy. I said that like robots, military, futuristic military, past military. Like they have all this Mythical. stuff on there. 
Yeah. Yeah. But we don't get any of that stuff. And like, like, like you said, how hard is it to sit down and be like, okay, we've got six weeks until this next event pass and we've got these ideas. So let's, what's our theme? Yes. Yeah. You know, yeah. <laughs> what is our theme? Like, is that easy? Like that should be always be the question when it comes to passes. Yeah. Is, what's the theme? It shouldn't just be like, theme back. I want a wasteland yeah, skin for everybody. Yeah. Oh, uh, well, and how hard is it? Like, why have we not legitimately got a superhero themed event pass yet? Like, yeah, cool. that is the most on the nose basic thing that any game can do is implement superhero esque skins into the game. Why haven't we got them yet? It's dumb. Wait, is this not a hero based game? I mean, at the end of the day, it doesn't matter. Like, Fortnite is still a third-person shooter, and you can play with Futurama characters right now. <laughs> so, like, I mean, you can play with anime characters and stuff. It doesn't have to be relevant to the game. We've seen that they've done a shitty job with lore and bringing things in to expand on the lore. So why are we still trying to pigeonhole ourselves that way? It's stupid. Anyway. I feel that, like they gave up on that lore quite a while ago. Yeah, right. I know. We still haven't figured out who the traitor is. Yeah. I mean, it might be VV. That's been over a fucking year, right? Yeah, but I think that, that was pre Juke. About... Yeah, Juke no, built that was... up. Bu- yeah, it was the build up, right? Yeah. yeah. But right. I think. Come on. Yeah. I, I, think, I, I think it's VV because she has Jackal voice. Well, the one skin does for sure. The yeah. Infiltrator but one. it. If but it, that I think that skin was also one of the skins in the uh, like you know when you go to settings and like yeah. it shows people around the table and then there's that one person it looks like that skin yeah it does yeah so so I'm not that, saying it's 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 not but I mean she's got jackal voice line <laughs> yeah so they added a new LTM into the game for signature perks and these signature perks were for care the the following characters glitch demo vv fixer and scorch and they put it in a rooftops only king of the hill mode now in the last episode we went pretty hard on why are they doing it king of the hill why are they doing it rooftops only they waited until friday the friday after the update came out when the hot fix came out to put the ltm in there for whatever reason i don't know I guess they were afraid to drop a new character, new weapons, and a new LTM all in all in one update or whatever. But we hopped in there, and I've played it off and on, like f- from time to time. We were I was streaming when that when it went live, uh-huh. and, we, and we got on there. Huge, huge issues with it. First of well, all, I mean, like one of the abilities were. Yes, exactly. Right. Demas for sure worked and that was it. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like, okay, we're we're gonna put an LTM in here for these signature perks. There's no splash page that pops up that's like, hey, enjoy these signature perks for these rogues. This may be something that's coming to the full game. Please give us feedback. Please experiment with these perks and let us know what you think about it. There's no explanation as to what this LTM mode is and what why the developers included this LTM other than this update notes right here. Out of all the people that play the game, how many do you think actually read the patch notes? 
Yeah, they don't. Too. They wait for other people to talk about in the past notion. They watch videos of that. Yeah. <laughs> so that the failure number one, I would put King of the Hill rooftops failure number two. Ninety yeah. percent of the 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 mythic or the signature perks not working. Failure number three. No way to give feedback on the mythic perks through the game. Failure number four. Not a, like playing the game mode as like an actual game mode instead of people actually dropping in there and testing stuff out like it's supposed to, even though the developers have no no control over that. Failure number five. This was a failure all the way around. You're going to put glitch in there, but you're not going to put any characters that have deployables to test his changes out. And he's one of the only rogues where his signature perk actually works. Yeah. Yep. And you're going to give two signature perks to test out, but you're only going to allow players to purchase one of them. So either a they're working and they're just so underwhelming that nobody can tell, which I don't think is happening or B they're just not working. This is a I good know, Scorches for sure is not Yeah, working. Scorches for sure didn't yeah. work. Because what, yeah. what a great concept. Fire damage hills are over time. Mm-hmm. But like you someone could be standing in the fire and I could be using my ability and shooting someone consistently and I won't heal a bit. Not yeah. one yeah. point. Not even one. Yeah. You throw in a, an incendiary grenade or you light up her arm and you don't heal from either one when you should. Yeah. Because that's incendiary damage from both. And I, and this is something that we've been talking about them adding to the game for I don't know how long maybe since the first broadcast man the idea of having rogue specific perks to buy is such a good like it's a step forward but it's not necessarily in the right direction yeah exactly like they're going forward they need to be going north and they're going northwest for some fucking reason yeah straight diagonal you know yeah dude oh I know. And it's just like, how can you make so many terrible mistakes by, and it's like, they didn't even disable the game mode to fix uh, the signature perks on it. It's just still live in the game. So they don't even work. So how are you gathering feedback on these things? Like I've gave my, I gave my feedback. 90% of the perks don't work. And the ones that do work are kind of cool, but it's weird that you can only purchase one of the two. And why is it on rooftops? King of the hill. That's my feedback. Diva's so, knockback was pretty dope. The idea of having two Merv launchers instead of one, pretty dope. Uh, Scorches, but I can't remember what the other one she had other than the healing one. When she does fire but, damage, it reduces the cooldown of her um, ability. Her ability. There you go. And that that's really that. Those are both really good ideas for both of those characters. Yeah. And I feel like the rest of them were kind of hit and miss, even if they did work. And uh glitches which is the only other good one i don't know what his second one was but the idea of you hacking and then blowing up yeah and possibly mm-hmm. downing someone love it love yeah. that yeah so glitch was uh hacking the deployables detonated them and then he could it would increase the range of his passive ability which i think that yeah i think that it mm-hmm. should just increase the range of it infinitely yep if you're going to spend, like, if they're going to implement this in the game and you're going to be spending 30K for a perk, I want it to, I want to be able to see anything that's deployed anywhere on this map, first of all. Um, yep. The fixer one was 
it did increase damage to armored targets. So, and we can't test that to see if it's like a flat buff to both HP damage and armor damage, if it's just to the armor and if like how significant that is. Then his other one was whenever you pop his fixer glasses, he gets an additional shot in the tier, which is stupid. That's kind of weird. Yeah. yeah. Which didn't work because I tested. Didn't they change a whole bunch of shit just to make sure we can't have more than two shots in the tier? Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. That was a huge... They banned the tier like they in competitive just, play. Yeah, the they whole, took it out. Yeah, the whole nine yards to try to... They nerfed Gunsmith. They did all this shit just to not get an additional shot in the tier. But we're going to give him a perk that's <laughs> going to give him an additional shot in the tier. And it's not going to affect literally any other weapon that he has access to. Good job. Dope. So yeah, signature perks hit and miss. Idea was good. Running it as an LTM to gather feedback, good. Having it on rooftops and everything else we talked about, bad. They took one step forward with having the LTM to test things out. They took about 10 steps backwards because they didn't implement anything worth a fuck. And that's just the reality of it. So Rogue Balance changes on this initial hit here. So Fixer, they... um, Changed his passive ability, so instead of ignoring 100% of armor, he now ignores 70% of armor. And I was kind of, I've been kind of testing this out, but not really, where it still does full damage to the HP, but it does 70% damage to the armor. Which doesn't So what you're wanting to know, if it was not taken... Yes. It's not separating the damage. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And I think the simple answer for that is the people that coded that's no longer there. Um, right. <laughs> we would have to have two separate hit values for someone with fixer. You'd have to have an armor damage value and then you have a have to have an HP damage value. Which is not too much to ask for. If you're playing with Fixer and you shoot someone, you want to know how much damage you do to the armor and how much damage you do to their HP so that you can correctly call that out. It still lumps it all together into one for whatever reason. So at the end of the day, like it, it's a decent change. I've seen a little bit of like running Fixer with like DMRs and stuff, you kind of see a little bit of a change. But like by the time that you get them, and we tested it out, like. Whenever you're running DMRs, whenever you down someone with the DMR, it basically depletes all of their armor on all of the targets. So instead of ignoring it, it scales correctly for whatever reason. So, And I don't mind this change. It's fine. I think that they could have done something better with it, but like it, it is what it is. He's got to be the and most changed rogue at this point, right? For sure. He is. Yeah. Because yeah. they have just worked and worked on him, dude. They yeah. like him. I like him too, but Jesus Christ, man. Damn. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then for Dima, they removed the EMP grenades and they gave him the impact grenade. Which, I don't mind this. I've ran Dima a decent amount. I don't mind this at all. I think the impact needs a buff. I, I, I like... That's I my issue. Makes... I feel like... Go ahead, Jarvis. Go I'm sorry. No, no, no. You was already going. Go ahead, man. I was, I was going to say, I feel like, especially, specifically with Demon the impact grenades, I feel like once you buy a uh, blaster or whatever that perk is, 
Because he's yeah. got like um, legendary, right? Yes. Yeah. That should at least make it do a hundred damage. Yes. At least because, mm-hmm. like, the impact grenade's fine, and it's 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 a dope thing to use. Like when you're fighting someone on a corner, and you know they're just kind of hugging it, and you can get that last little bit of HP. But that's so rare. Yeah. Yeah. It, it buff it in a way that at least. If you don't want them to down it by throwing it at their feet, if I hit them in the chest, it should down them. Yeah. Like if it's mm-hmm. a direct impact, they should go down. So I I feel like it makes Nima a more aggressive though, because like he doesn't have to depend on the grenade time. Now yeah. he can just he can just throw it on the corner, push in, boom, down people, and like, oh my god, if you're carrying both of those utilities, it just makes him a Really aggressive breacher. Like I mean, it does make him more breacher for sure. It, like, it definitely plays into his his uh, rogue his type kid. and yeah. and into his like mythos too. Yeah, him for being sure. like the demolitions guy. Why the fuck wouldn't he have an impact grenade? Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, to be fair, man, I did enjoy him with EMPs. It wasn't like he wasn't destructive with EMPs because it was also. Like, you I know, usually the use the know. EMPs as a way to reveal people, honestly. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it's a good way to reveal people. And then, you know, if, if you're running up against an Umbra one, because one of the biggest ones, or a Glimpse or anybody like that, it, it becomes even better. Yeah. Yeah. But the fact now that, like, again, I just feel like we need more yeah. good EMP character. Like, I enjoy that. It still allowed him to I, be the because he can deactivate things and still push in, like, I just, I don't know, man. I'm 50 50 with the change because I like both. I do like that the, the they get, like, basically traded VVs with Demas because yeah. someone else definitely needed to have an EMP. And I think it works better in a support slot than it does in a breacher slot. Yeah, mm-hmm. I agree. Because, I mean, a support's there to do what you need them to do to win. And if you are running it against uh, an Umber or something, and nobody else's EMPs, then it, it's on your support to support you by getting rid of that fucking spider. Right, yeah. Yeah. So I did some quick maths here. Because um, I've got a video about this coming out. So currently, mm-hmm. whenever you direct hit someone with the impact grenade, at base it does 50 damage. On the outside fringe edge of it, it does 42 damage. So if they were to buff this up... oh. If you get Legendary Blaster, it's a 30% increase, which puts that at direct impact, 65 damage. The edge of it is 52 damage, right? If you Mm -hmm. increase it by 30% base, of course, you're going to be doing 65 direct. With Legendary Blaster, it's going to up that to 85 damage, which I don't think is too crazy because the reason why I say that is because... The impact grenade doesn't offer you a lot of the same opportunities that C4, Simtex, and things like that offer you. If you're on, yeah. if you're in a gunfight and you have someone on a corner directly across from you, you throw the Simtex, that person is going to dip out or go down, but nine times out of ten, they're going to roll away from it, which is going to allow you to time it out to where you can push that corner cover if you use the impact grenade, you can throw it and hit them with it, but they still may be able to burn you down while you're trying to push that corner to secure that down. It's Spe- happened before. 
Yeah. Especially once you, cause I didn't factor in tenacity into any of these calculations. Right. Mm-hmm. So right. once you start factoring tenacity and armor into this, you're going to be doing 85 total damage with legendary blaster, which I think Dima's the only one that has it with the impact grenade. Yep. But if you've got 75 armor, you're not doing a lot. If you've got 50 armor, you're still not doing a lot. If you have legendary tenacity, you're not doing a lot. Um, so I think that if they buff the impact grenade up by 30% at base, that it would make it a more useful piece of utility. Because like I said, it's, it's that idea of not having, not having that opportunity that you have with other gadgets. You throw a bounce grenade, if you throw a frag grenade, it does so much damage that you're going to be able to push that corner because it's going to get them to one hit. The impact grenade right. does not get them to one hit, even if you have legendary no. blaster. Mm-mm. Yeah, it's around half to a quarter. Yeah. yeah. So that that's my... And right now, the only people that have access to it is uh, Juke and Dima. And Juke has blaster, but it's not the legendary version of blaster. So if they increase that base damage of it, it's not in... I don't think it's in battle zone. And even if it was in battle zone, there's way better things to purchase in there. And I don't know why we're taking mm-hmm. that stupid game mode into consideration for anything. So and, yeah. And while we're on up? the topic Ooh. of it, not <laughs> battle zone, but uh Juke having blaster. Why? Yeah. Why? When you tra- change that uh, in, in it, but it's not enough to even make a matter. Yeah. It's a useless perk for her. I think it would be better suited to trade it out with Volatile and have that help her lasers out. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Because even that low of a Volatile, a volatile add maybe to tick damage to each tick is enough to make people panic. Yeah, exactly. I agree. So on the hot fixes, we did get a hot fix on on the Friday after the update came out, and of course we already talked about the VV changes for Lancer. They activated the passive with the dual boyers, so now she can roll reload with the dual boyers. I tried it out earlier; it's not too it's to me it's not overpowered or broken. For Anvil, they changed legendary bulletproof to legendary shredder rounds, and they changed rare shredder rounds to rare gadgeteer. I think that this is a fine change. Like we tested it and bullet, uh, bulletproof for him doesn't really do much. It, no, not against, not against the MRs and sniper. yeah. So I don't even think it may not even do a shotgun. Yeah. Oh no. Yeah. You're pretty well screwed. If you go against like that, it's okay or something. Yeah. Yeah. So this is fine with me. Him having legendary shredder rounds is basically going to make him the most armored, but the anti-armor machine. Right. Mm -hmm. He can deal with the other tanks like cannon and mag for sure. Yeah. So I'm I'm perfectly fine with that. And then them giving him rare gadgeteer is going to allow him to get his trophy systems quicker and his C4 back quicker. So this isn't a bad change. This is more of like a quality of life thing with uh, Anvil specifically, especially with Bulletproof. It kind of really wasn't doing a whole lot. So it's glad that they recognized that and they slotted something in that's a little bit more useful. And then if you're not playing against an armored team, you don't have to pick that shredder rounds up and you can invest in other things. So not a bad, not a bad change. D40s. Rounds is really useful against uh, Anvil's shields as well. Yeah, exactly. Getting into the, getting into the, Mm, D 40. 
So the D40, this is what they wrote here. On the on to the next meta. If 25% lower DPS isn't enough, we'll make like this meme and continue nerfing. Fire rate was reduced from 750 RPM down to 600 RPM. Mm-hmm. We've tested it. We've ran it. We've used it. Garbo's ran it probably more than anybody that I've seen run it. <laughs> I ran it a few times, and it just didn't feel right to me. Like... I, it definitely needed a nerf. Like, I'm not going to argue with that at all, but I feel like they nerfed it in the wrong way. Yes, I agree. Yeah. They they should have lowered the base damage of it slightly and kept the fire rate exactly where it was at because that was, like, the whole point of that gun from the beginning, really, is the fire rate. Yeah. Yep. So, with the weapon, and this was the, ch- you know, the the feedback that I submitted to the developers, the fire rate of the weapon is definitely not the problem. The, the problem with the weapon was the fact that it was the Swiss Army weapon where it had great range, it had great damage output, whether it be in close range or mid mid to long range. Uh, it wasn't terribly hard to control, and it was you still had that speed and everything that comes with SMGs. So it does 15 to 16 damage right now, close, like in that optimal range, right? And yeah. My suggestion was to drop it down to either 13 or 12, which is basically adding either one bullet if it's 13 or two bullets to down someone at close range. So it's basically, you know, changing the TTK in a very similar way. Give us some more drop off too, because the range was an issue. Well, before the nerf, you could beat the nightshade at range. Yes. And, and my suggestion for that was to, instead of, SMGs, for whatever reason, it doesn't make sense to me, but for whatever reason, when it hits that first fall-off threshold, they do 90% of total damage at range. So if you're doing 90% of 15 to 16 damage, that's body shot, then you're still doing a consistent 12, 12 damage, if not more. Yeah, if you 12, dro- 13 damage, yeah. Yeah, so if you drop it down to... 12, 13 damage at close range and you change that 90% down to 75% and you don't mess with the range distances, it drops it down to nine damage, which is going to cost 11 shots to down someone at range, which Mm -hmm. makes it an actual SMG. Yeah. You have to use a third of a magazine to get someone down. Exactly. That's if you hit every shot. Yeah. So, and if you're doing 12 damage, you're, you're having to drop what eight to nine bullets to down someone. Yep. So you're still, it's got 40 bullets in the, in the magazine. So you're still able to wipe an entire team with bullets yeah. left over. If you drop that damage down by like two to three, if you change the 70, the 90% down to 75%, then you effectively are causing 11 bullets, which means you can still down three targets at range before you have to reload. If you hit all your shots, that's not factoring headshots or anything else or moving into optimal range, which is still a terrifying thing to fight against considering it's an SMG. Yeah. So the fire rate for the weapon wasn't the issue. The issue was the 90% fall off, the actual fall off thresholds for the weapon themselves, the distance, and then also the damage of the weapon itself. They nerfed the D40, they buffed the damage of it, they buffed the magazine size, and then they reverted everything, but they didn't nerf the damage of it, and they didn't nerf the magazine size until recently. Stupid. 
They need to fix it the right way. Right now with the fire rate like it is, I just feel like I'm using the Knight's dumb big brother. Yeah, exactly, right. Yeah. Like it like it's very similar fire rate and and I don't know, man. It, it kind of kill the identity of the gun by doing Yeah. I agree. It doesn't feel the same. The recoil is very different because of the fire rate. It just doesn't doesn't feel right. And here's the thing. I want to make this clear on the broadcast here. And and I think that we can all agree on this sentiment. We we've been very harsh on them reverting the SMG changes ever since it happened, right? We've been it very felt so good. Yes. We've been very harsh on the developers themselves for basically buckling to the community and reverting the SMGs and reverting them in a way that made them actually better. But at the end of the day, we don't want the SMGs to be a completely useless weapon class. We just want them to be a balanced weapon class. We want them to compete with the other weapons without being ridiculous. Exactly. Yeah. That's it. That's it, man. Yeah. Because there's been, at le- in every update, every patch, there's at least one SMG that is just overperforming. Yes. And they can't seem to get it under control. Yes. And it's and it we have the same outlook and the same feelings on the other weapon classes. The Riptide is crazy with its headshot damage. Yeah. It has been for a while now. Always yes. has been. Yeah. The the D three DI is nuts with Woo-hoo. its headshot damage. It needs to be nerfed. Yeah. Yeah. I mean D three DI is like a favorite of actual cheaters because they know they can get you in shots yeah exactly i'm not a cheater and i fucking love the thing well you know what i'm <laughs> saying though like a lot of oh, times yeah. when we run into people you're like oh he's cheating he's using the oh, d3di yeah. the devotion something like that i mean if you're two tapping every time yeah you might be yeah. cheating yeah <laughs> and the hip fire on that weapon is still insane accurate yeah yeah, yeah so, i've won i've won a few smg battles up close with that thing mm-hmm. so and and that's the thing like I feel like that they need to do a full pass on all of the DMRs currently. I think that they need to revisit some of the assault rifles and either nerf or buff some of them. And the Mamba is nasty right now. Yeah. I mean, so they need to kind of take a look at a lot of things. And at the end of the day, we want the weapons. We want everything to be balanced to where it's like, there should be no reason that a meta exists. It should come down to personal preference Based on well, how you play, yes, yeah. So that's that's where we stand, and I know that we get comments constantly. I read the comments where it's like, "You guys are just hating on SMG players." It's like, no, we're hating on the fact that you have something in your mm. arsenal that can just absolutely shred through people, and on top of that, you can pick it with rogues that have access to replenish or resupply or restock whatever it is now and also have abilities that overheal themselves and perks that allow them to gain hp back when they down people it's a snowball yeah. you and you, on top of that you, <laughs> i'm you an can SMG say player, that you're hate so yeah that. you could say that we're hating <laughs> on smg players but we are we're every type of player we use yeah, every we, play road. All of them. we use all yeah. the weapons we experience this game fully yeah, and it it I'll tell you it got annoying after a while that if I knew I was running the uh, the D forty that I was going to win every engagement that I got into, and that it, it got 
kind of dumb after a while. Well, how often was it when we were running against a team and they were being toxic or they were playing weird and it's like, all right, let's just all swap to D40s and they never got another point after that. Yeah, just wrecked them. That's exactly it. There's no reason why yeah. any team, including us, should be able to do that. Exactly. Yep. Instead of switching to the meta gun, we should have to adjust our... I mean, of course we're guilty of it, and everyone everyone is. There's been moments where you're like, well, I'm switching to the meta gun, but I mean, we shouldn't be able to. We should be able to... We have to, we have to mm-hmm. switch up our tactics, figure out how to get around that shit more. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, I just wanted to make that clear because we do have some shotgun balance changes here. So shotguns are coming up for their identity passes. In the short term, we see them shred at point blank range and suffer at every other range. We will not have shotgun sniping, but the close mid range could use some love given how dominant SMGs currently are versus this weapon category at that range. So they decrease the close to mid range damage fall off for all shotguns, basically buffing them anywhere from 10 to 15%. So I'm guessing that the percentage fall off for the shotguns was probably around 60% once you hit that first threshold and they buffed it up to 70 to 75% on that, uh, on that first fall off threshold. And I've played with every single shotgun since this change has happened. And I feel like the shotguns are, Better than they were, but I don't feel like that they're completely overpowered. No. They're sitting in a better position where I feel like I can use them more often. Yes. <clears throat> they're a little bit more reliable. They You can engage in team fights and work around cover as opposed to blindly running in after the enemy so that you can get into some type of optimal range, try to use them. And I, I agree that, that the medium range for shotgun should, it needs a little more love because... Like, shotguns would do damage at medium range in real life if someone shot at you. Yeah, exactly. And I think I think it would be dope if they go to introduce another gun for it to be another shotgun and have it be like a, um, a slug shotgun so it would have more range but not any spread, really. Yeah. I think that'd be pretty dope. Yeah. I would be okay with that. And the SKL kind of, like, fills that niche, kind of, but not for real. Because it's got yeah, more of a range and it's a tighter spread. And I enjoy it as a gun, uh, the pump action feel of it and everything. And it does, it has a nice range on it. I feel like I can win a lot of engagements at the medium range with it without having to put too many shots. Yeah, I agree. So we did get the VV update on that Tuesday, and then we got this hot fix on that Friday. And of course, we just covered all of the changes. And overall, there was some good changes. There were more bad changes or bad ideas that was introduced. But, I mean, they didn't have to disable anything, which is a positive. It is bad that we have to use this as the fucking scale to whether the update is good or not. But they didn't have, yeah. to, dis- they didn't have to disable anything. They didn't have to... Uh, do any like take anything out of the game so that they could rework it. They they didn't have to do anything like that. So I said in the last episode that if uh, they release Vivi, if they release all this new stuff, they didn't have to mm-hmm. disable anything. They didn't have to take her out of the game to fix anything. That I would give the overall update like a five or a six out of ten. I think it was that. And I'm going to stick true to it. Whatever I said in that episode is where it falls at. I still think that they need to do a lot of things to make the game in a better state. But considering that they didn't have to, they didn't significantly break anything is a positive for the developers. 
which it's a big positive because just about every time that we have a hot fix or an update, there's some new bug or something that we're having to do. Yeah, exactly. So, and the worst we have to deal with now is Vivi not wanting to stand up after she spots. Yeah, which and I, can, I can deal with. It. <laughs> yeah, I, I'd give it a six if you if you include the hot fix because I think the changes that they made to Vivi and the Boyers were legitimate and good ideas. Yeah. And the shotguns. And the shotguns as well. I think, man, that S12 feels so much better than it was feeling for a while, and that's my favorite shotgun. Yeah. I would say the hotfix was a better update than the actual update, minus the D4 yeah. nerf. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. I think so, yeah, I think if I we if we rated them individually, one would definitely get much higher than the other. For sure. But all right, guys, um, we've got some drama. Do y'all want to get into a little bit of drama here on the broadcast? Drama! (laughs) So, and we may not get into a community section because this drama may may kind of uh, flow out just a little bit here, but and that's okay. Oh. Because we've got quite a bit of things to talk about here. So we'll just call this a pseudo community section because it is kind of about the community. Oh yeah. It's about the community and it's about the competitive scene. So I want to start off first here with, and this is kind of what kind of prompted me to start digging and investigating in this. There was a tweet here by bluff at bluffist on Twitter, uh, July the 24th, 5 45 PM. And I'm going to read through this whole this whole thread of comments and replies and things, and then <laughs> and then we'll kind of tag tag along from there. So the first the initial tweet said, "Yo, it yo DJ Young Guru, or whoever you are, did you ever actually plan on hosting a LAN event for Rogue? You claim you're the one who loses the most money in this situation. So I'm wondering what you expected. Were you just blindly announcing a land, hoping some huge power, some huge power would come in and fund the event for you? That's what everybody has been wondering this entire time. Why would this random guy who nobody has ever heard of decide to waste their money on a dying game that has no room for growth? Yet you remain adamant this wasn't, this event was happening. After months and months and months of no real confirmation, the players started to wonder what was going on. And now you're faulting the players who have spent half a year plus screaming, playing your five qualifiers all day long for questioning the legitimacy of the event. My team and I were not playing the game for months before you announced this event. We came back, put our time and effort into earn a spot in land in Vegas, and that's exactly what we did. We put other things going on in life on hold to solidify this trip you confirmed was happening. You reached out to other parts of the community for staffing and talent. Here is what you told my good friend who was also, like everybody involved, questioning the legitimacy of this LAN event. We're locked in and it's happening. So there's a screenshot here where Heartbreaker said, following up on this, Young Guru said, currently we are two months out. The last few times we spoke, I believe uh, we're four to six months out, maybe more. In the meetings with HyperX, they said they do things about a month to two months out, which is what I've typically seen. I'm mentioning that because you brought up the issue where LAN was possibly being canceled or rescheduled, and I'm expressed 
and I expressed my concern to them about what you said regarding turning down casting opportunities four to six months out. They informed me that most of the time, nothing is done four to six months out other than planning. No talent contracts or anything other than booking the venue and prepaying because anything can change that far out. With that said, once Qualls finish this week, the talent team will be providing an update. Contracts will then go out. This will happen because now flights and hotels can be booked within the budget since we know the teams as well as the fact that we are not four to six months out, but within the two-month range HyperX Arena spoke about. Heartbreaker said, for sure, I get that things normally aren't done too far in advance. The reason I was more questioning uh, for this is because there was a legitimate concern that it would be canceled, which isn't normally the case when you're offering when you're offered a gig. So I wanted to keep a better eye on it. Appreciate the response. Looking forward to the event. We're locked in and it's happening. HyperX Arena wants it to happen. So no matter my feelings, they're above me. Then Bluff continued on here. So what did the players do? Spend their time grinding and earning their respective spots for this trip. But go ahead and flame the competitors for uh, wanting just a little bit of information sooner than 30 days before we're supposed to touch down in Vegas. While you're at it, call the players ungrateful and use that as a reason to cancel the land you never actually planned on hosting. You'll host shitty draft tournaments with a bunch of players that couldn't sniff the competitive scene. They'll call your attorneys terrible, rightfully so. They're dreadful. And you'll talk about how the rogue community doesn't say thank you enough. After a basement dweller tweets about how poorly your tournaments are ran, and then use that against the comp scene, who never spoke a bad word, just shut up and waited, hoping land wasn't fake. Speaking of your shitty tournaments that take 12 hours for a max of 14 teams, have you even paid out any of the players from your land qualifier tournaments? The answer is no. You have yet to pay. But again, we all need to be thankful and bow down to the god that is DJ. You'll hop in a call one time and scream at the top of your lungs at a 17-year-old kid while on stream who is having game crash issues, telling him not to talk over you. You had no proof of anything other than someone complaining this might be happening. It's a different level of cringe. You also shift the blame on Roco staff and talk about bugs or server issues as if we all had no idea what this game already was. Everybody knew there would be issues. There always has been. You take zero accountability. You wait until the very last second to give us any sort of news. Talk about an online talk about an online tourney. It's a privilege to compete in Roco, so I better not see any backlash. If even one team doesn't comply, it will be canceled for everybody. Then there's another screenshot posted here where uh, UGG Young Guru says, if when your team opens a ticket before the deadline, it should simply be, I've read and understood the Rogue Masters requirements. So come game day, they will be held to that ticket. Lastly, again, I should not see anything about a player having an issue with anything I've posted here. It is a privilege to compete. And recently I've learned that lands getting canceled may not happen a lot. But they happen, and when they do, either reschedule or just cancel, nothing online. COVID was an exception. So for this to happen, we have requirements that must be followed or it will not happen. Gronky said, can you update on here who has or hasn't submitted a ticket so people who have can reach out and make sure they open Discord this weekend? And then Miss Millie Ray said, sure, I can do that. Continuing on with Bluff, nothing like consistently threatening the competitive scene with the idea of canceling all payouts. You've been through the fire. Motherfucker, maybe pay people then. 
Maybe don't lie about a land for months. Do you know how much time we've put into this? You're just searching for ways out of this. And there's another post here. Um, and I don't know who posted this, but because there's nothing here, but this is a screenshot. So it says to be clear. So to be clear, Dak, your teammate will stream. And if it is made known, then what, then that is what it will be. You do not get to decide what is fine or not. You do realize that that player informed staff a while ago, he's on PC now. All players have submitted a ticket saying they understand uh, what is stated here. And we have recorded those. We have a record of those tickets and the requirements here. Do you know why that's being done? Because any issue that comes up making maps, rounds, prizes forfeited, none of you can say anything negative about the consequences, you know. Um, CC at two of the people part of it. Lastly, I'm saying this better be the smoothest tournament Roko has ever seen, and I'm also saying any issues will result in immediate forfeit uh, uh, with prize forfeits, as well as the possibility of it just being canceled. We, UGG, have already been through the fire with this community. Enough is enough. Abide by the rules uh, here while not attempting to find loopholes or make exceptions. Continued on with Bluff. Buddy, the only reason we compete is for a spot in Vegas. You've already deleted your personal Twitter in preparation for feedback like this. You should go ahead and delete at UGG Esports while you're at it. From top from top to bottom, it's the worst organization esports has ever seen. Power hungry, fraudulent, threatening, and egotistical are words that come to mind when thinking about how you've portrayed yourself. You're very quick to throw the blame on anybody but yourself. Thanks for wasting over a half half a year of everybody's time. My teammates won't be playing another one of your online tournaments for a fake payout. If you're going to use that as an excuse to ruin it for everyone who does want to play, then that shows who you really are. You love mentioning the word integrity. What integrity have you shown? Imagine someone in any COD, Val, esports uh, say they aren't playing anymore, and the host of the tourney cancels and doesn't pay anybody. Imagine Clay Thompson talks shit about Adam Silver, uh, and he cancels the NBA playoffs. Here's how you respond to backlash that is all factual, by the way. You you just silence, force someone to make a ticket, and ban them from from the Discord. Integrity, your <laughs> integrity. At UGG Esports, you're a complete joke. My team and I won't sit here and be talked down upon, lied to, and have our time wasted anymore. So then there's a couple of other screenshots here where it goes a little bit more in-depth as to some of the responses from... UGG, you know, cancellation of the land as a whole. This is not a fairy tale. This is reality. Most of what you said is inaccurate and not true, but thanks. Um, it's just a whole bunch of back and forth about things, especially between Heartbreaker and UGG themselves, right? So, on the heels of this, whenever you click on the UGG esports Twitter page, it no longer exists. They deleted their entire Twitter page, right? So this bluff tweet came out, young guru or DJ, whoever it is, deleted their personal account. Then they went in and they deleted their UGG esports account, which is crazy, right? <clears throat> On the heels of this, I talked to someone else that was very connected to the scene as a whole, because this is someone that I've ran into in the community many times and they, they didn't say that I had to keep it anonymous, but I'm going to keep it anonymous just out of respect for this individual. Um, this is what they had to say about it. I quit UGG because of the hiding of information for the staff members, like the land cancel, what should never happen. 
but also for wasting staff members' time by acting that there were meetings but canceling them. UGG started small last year in October, and I joined almost directly because I knew the Roco scene and wanted more experience in esports. Uh, got a new job, so being a caster wasn't possible anymore, but still wanted to help the Roco comp by staying on as Roco staff, also called Roco Ops, and changed names multiple times. Mainly, I just did talking to people like ELO owners, comp players, or content creators. All uh, sad it ended like this, but I cannot stay with an org that promises something and then drops the promise without any explanation or anything. Of course, some of the comp players who called for the land are scared of speaking out because they still want the money from the tournament, because they are scared of UGG just banning them. While law around this topic is very unknown, you could say the land promise was a scam to get people to play in UGG events. So this is a statement that that someone that I know from the community actually sent to me that was a part of UGG at the time of this happening. And I know several members and former members of UGG just want to make that known. There's many people in the community that I know that is a part of this. So I did my journalistic integrity, right? <laughs> integrity over here. I decided to reach out to the source, right? Because we've got bluff going off on Twitter about everything that's going on. There's no real responses from anybody in UGG to his actual post, anything like that. And I'm assuming that there was some talk within the organization themselves to not interact with it or anything like that. So that there's not some type of public blow up, especially since they deleted their Twitter account and all that kind of stuff. So I decided that I wanted to reach out to them directly and see if we could get some type of statement from them as to what exactly happened and to get a little bit of context from their side of things, as opposed to just seeing what Bluff said about it, right? So with that being said, I submitted a ticket over on the UGG Discord because I'm a member of there. This is what I said. Hello, I'm Griffin, and I currently do a Rogue Company podcast called Broadcast. We've talked about UGG several times in the past. In light of recent controversy, I wanted to reach out to the powers that be to see if anyone from UGG would like to submit a proper response and perhaps a different point of view on the entire situation. I saw the information that broke on a Twitter post by Bluff, and I believe that it is important to understand both sides of the situation. Bluff clearly paints a picture from the perspective of a frustrated competitor, but I would like to see the perspective from the org itself so we can be fully transparent with the audience as we cover this topic. If there is no response, then that essentially is a response. You can reach out to me on Discord, you can message me on Twitter, or you can email me if you would like. Please take this into consideration and take the opportunity to convey whatever information to the community you would like. Thank you for your time. They responded, and a uh, young guru responded and said, good morning. In regards to a response, if it was to be done, in what space would that be? Discord, YouTube, Twitch, Simple Podcast. Would that response be in a space between you and that person, and then the information released to the public? Please let me know. Whenever I read this, I was like, I don't want to set up an interview. I don't want to set up anything like that, because they're only going to... I'll get into that in a second. Let me finish reading this. I would prefer, if possible, a written statement at the time. I'm hesitant about pulling individuals into an interview format because tensions could still be high. A written statement would allow things to be conveyed in a much more intentional way since you would have the ability to proof everything before it is sent over. We record on Saturday night at around 9 p.m. Central Time, so there would be a couple of days to write and make corrections where needed. If this works for you, please be as 
please be in-depth as you would like, as transparent as you would like, and as detailed as you would like about the situation. Whatever is submitted will be read on the episode. They responded and said, there would be no tension in a pre-recorded one-on-one interview, but I will get back to you by tomorrow regarding a written statement and would have it to you before the show airs. It would be a very long statement. Thank you for reaching out. I said, length is no problem at all. Following day, good afternoon. I inform you that I'd get back with you today about doing or not doing a statement. I'm not sure a statement will be beneficial, but Phil podcast or video would be best as a response. So UGG staff will be putting out a podcast as a statement sometime within the next few days. Thank you again for reaching out to us. I said, thanks. Good. Uh, I said, sounds good. I'll be on the lookout for it. We will record this weekend, but we'll cover that in a future episode. Once it is released, I will continue with the information I've collected thus far. Thank you. I personally didn't want to pull this person into an interview because this was definitely going to be something to where they were going to have final say on the edit, right? That's what, that's what all this meant. Pre-record everything. That way they can go through, they can watch it. You know, they would want me to upload the raw information. They would want to screen it and then they would want to make cuts and corrections to it. Or they would want to record the interview and then send me the recording of the interview for me to upload. I don't feel comfortable about doing that. I mean, either you have something to hide or you don't have have something. Exactly. Exactly. And if they're going to do Twitter. Yeah, they deleted their Twitter. Yeah. Weird. So, yeah, right. So at the end of the day, there there's a lot of issues here. You know, we, we talked about UGG in the past several times. We talked about the comp scene coming up, um, getting involved in the community, them doing the uh, Vegas land event, which Gecko actually did a lot of the artwork and stuff for. Uh, they were putting Heartbreaker into it to be one of the casters all the previous competitors for the RCCS were getting involved except for a handful. I don't think Kenny was uh, getting involved in it. Uh, maybe he competed a couple of times, not hundred percent sure. I know El- Elvin for sure didn't get involved in any of it. And it, it seemed like it was something that was kind of like manifesting itself as they continued on. And then it just kind of all went away. Like the qualifiers were happening. And I've talked about this in the, on the pod in the past, like, Qualifiers were happening, and I didn't know anything about it, like, at all. There was no tweets, no information that was sent out, and the tweets that were sent out wasn't being reshared by anybody. It wasn't being, you know, it was just, it was a weird situation, and that's why I was starting to be like, well, what's happening? Like, they're supposed to be having this summer land event in Vegas, and then all this stuff breaks. So from Bluff's perspective, very much a power trip mentality over at the UGG. I don't know the people. I wasn't involved in any of it, so I can't speak positive or negative about that situation, but it very much felt like that UGG wanted things to run a very specific way, which I understand because you're kind of putting your name and your organization on the line to do your first ever LAN event at an actual arena. You know what I'm saying? So I get both sides of it, but there's some weird things. It's like, okay, well, why aren't you paying the people that competed already? You're the UGG was, I don't know if they still are. They were doing like weekly 
tournaments, almost daily tournaments for Rogue Company and for other games. I don't know what the prize pools for those things are. I don't know if they're like prize pools in relation to like Rogue Bucks and things like that, or these were like legitimate money prize pools. I don't know if any of those people have been paid. Like, I don't know anything about any of this stuff, just basically from what Bluff said. And it's very interesting. I, I get both sides of it. You have something that you're proud of and that you're building and you want it to go a very specific way. And then I also see the competitor side of it where it's like, we wasted all this time to get everything going and it's not happening. It's not manifesting. And I think that there's some re residual rub that's happening here. I think that personal opinion, I can't speak yay or nay of the situation, but personal opinion, it definitely feels like the people that ran RCCS previously set a very interesting way of how they dealt with the competitors. And I think that that a lot of the rogue company competitors had never competed before. So of course they think that this is something that is the norm, right? And because it's, it kind of like wasn't the most like legitimate or respectful way of interacting with one another then it feels like some of that same stuff kind of transitioned over into the UGG side of stuff. So like, I don't know behind the scenes. That's why I was trying to reach out to get some more clarification, but there's a lot of things kind of going on here. It's interesting. What, what do you guys think? Any thoughts? Wait to hear their podcast. <laughs> I know, right? Yeah. Yeah. My question is, is like, why haven't they, why haven't they thought about releasing a statement before now? Like, it wouldn't, wouldn't be hard. Just a couple paragraphs, release it on Twitter. Yeah. Well, and you could even add at the end of the statement, uh, for more details and then put a link to the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's kind of wild. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so then, kinda, when you delete your Twitter, it says something, at least to the public. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And the thing is, is like, this was posted on July the 24th. There's been no official statement. There's been no video, no podcast, no, no nothing that's come out no. about this. <coughs> Why is it nothing that's considered until I reach out asking for a statement that it's even, it seems like it's even being considered. Like that should have, like, if they want to continue doing it because the Discord still exists, you can go to the Discord right now and they have the code of conduct announcements. They have um, all the rogue battle stuff that's happening down here, all the chat stuff. Like, they have all this stuff still here. So, like, they're still continuing on with all of this stuff, it seems like. So, what's. I don't understand. It's really weird, man. Yeah. Shady. Yeah. And like UGG's trying to expand out, and they've been doing this for a while. They're trying to expand out into other games. They were wanting to put on uh, Veld Experts tournaments. They were wanting to put on... Um, they were wanting to put on Valorant tournaments. They were wanting to do all this other stuff. And it's like... They were kind of hanging their hat on this rogue company thing, but like we saw 
how the RCCS went, right? They had their LAN events and they netted like maybe four to 500 peak viewers on it. Well, whenever you're in I, org, oh, go ahead. I, was, I think a lot of the RCCS's failure had to do with the person running it. If, and the, the willingness of high res to put money toward it. Yeah, right. I agree. Because you need, you need to advertise. And I didn't see any, like, the only reason I even knew a tournament was happening is told me there yeah and and that's what i was getting to it's like you're gonna go rccs with like no real information being conveyed to the community no real promotion no nothing like that to a new org that's starting up that has no promotion going on whatsoever like a tweet or two here or there you have nobody that's casting any of the games i watched some of the qualifying matches and all that was was someone restreaming on like four different streams of what's happening. And there's no commentary. There's no nothing. You don't have casters. You don't have anybody lined up for that. Right. You can find volunteer casters. Yeah, exactly. The one who just want to do it for fun. Yeah. So there's no assets. There's no OBS, anything that's happening with it. You just have people. And at the same time, you were having the competitors stream their matches so 90 percent of the competitors had more viewers than ugg's actual twitch channel had because they were watching four different games at one time yeah you'd be better off telling those the people in the tournament they don't stream and you stream everything that way all of their viewers come to you yeah i mean it, it just, it seemed like from, from the get go, I understand like grassroots starting out. You don't have the people in place. You don't have a lot of the talent. You don't have a lot of the, the assets, the things that you need to get things going and running. Right. But like you can hire any Tom, Dick or Harry to make you some assets for streaming and to put on a somewhat professional experience. Like right. The bar is so low for professional esports streaming experiences that they could have got by with that by not spending a dime. You know what I mean? So I don't know. It's just a very awkward situation. It's a very weird situation. And there was a lot of weird, questionable things that were happening on top of that. Like most of the UGG stuff is free to enter. I could enter into a tournament. Garbo could enter into a tournament. We could both enter into a tournament together. We're, we're not going to have to pay anything to enter the tournament, which is great for us. But who's financing all this? And how are you going to have a prize pool, flights for all the competitors and all the talent, hotels for everybody, the whole nine yards? Like, how are you locking all that stuff in? Who is funding this? You have to secure advertisers. Exactly. You have to go after people that would want to give you at least the smallest amount of money to say their name during the stream. It's just, it's weird, man. And I, I think that, you know, this might be the final nail in the coffin, at least for the foreseeable future of Rogue Company Competitive. I think that this is going to leave a bad taste. I think with what they had to deal with with RCCS, piggyback on what they've had to deal with with this UGG experience, I think that 90% of the competitors are going to move on to other things. Well, and if you can't, if they... If they play for a living and they're not making money, they got to move on to other. Exactly. Exactly. 
So, yeah, I thought that this was very interesting. You know, we backed UGG for a while. You know, we were like, this is going to be different. This isn't going to be uh, like when was Rome. It Rogue Battles, what was it called? Yeah, Rogue Battles was the OG yeah, for... name for it. Yeah. Um, and it just kind of didn't go anywhere and it didn't really snowball. Like, they're set up on the Discord and everything, the way they have everything structured with the the people that are like putting time in there, the moderators, admins, and all that stuff is great. It's set up very well, but like all of the other execution stuff, like with the streaming and the promotion and things like that, securing advertisers and all that kind of stuff fell really, really flat. So we'll see whenever UGG releases their podcast about this whole experience, then I will definitely be comping that. And I'm not going to do a full podcast of the podcast. You know, like we're not going to do the Joe Rogan experience experience or anything like that. You know what I mean? Um, But I am going to like pull excerpts from that. And because, hey, if you sent me a statement, if these people sent me a a written statement that was 16 pages long, I would have read every single period on this page to convey that information to the community. Since you don't want to fuck with me, then I'm going to go through your podcast and I'm going to cut what I want out of that podcast. And I'm going to use it as sound clips for us to discuss the topics moving forward. That's just how this is going to work. I extended a hand. I extended a way for you to convey your information to the community. And I was going to also take that and I was going to cut that out. Me talking about their response to everybody. I was going to send it over to them. That way they could do whatever they wanted to with it. And they could cut it up. They could distribute it, whatever they wanted to do. But now we'll just wait for the pod to come out. We'll cut it up and we'll use what we want out of it and get rid of all the dead air and all the dead information in it. We've been doing this podcast for, what is this, 56 episodes? So two years? It's been a while. Yeah. So we've been doing this for two years. And then me and Dirt has been doing a podcast since like what 2016 uh, we uh the last episode we have over 700 hours yeah so if you have never done a podcast before and you're going to try to like get a statement out there to everybody um you have to find your footing you have to find your 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 rhythm you have to figure out what your format and what your structure is going to be i have a feeling that this may be all over the place And that's going to be very difficult to go in and try to like cut information from here, there, and yonder to form coherent thoughts out of it. But we'll see. Mm. Before, you know, before broadcast puts their official uh, hammer on like what's going on and all that stuff, I really want to wait for UGG to come out. But it is weird. There's a lot of damning evidence here from Bluff and then also from. Uh, the individual that I know that was previously a part of UGG, there's some very damning evidence there. They are staff, and they didn't even know that the land was being canceled. That says a lot. Yeah, it does. It's bad when you can't even convey the information to your staff members, much less to the competitors, and also the community that was really excited to see Rogue Company come back in a competitive environment. So. But this has been episode number, is this 56? Hold on. That is the beginning. (laughs) I know, but I always forget, man. Hold on. Why are you laughing at me, Garbo? (laughs) 
As much as y'all have it. Yetterball. Oh, Yetterball. Yetterball. We don't laugh at you. We laugh with you. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah, it's 56. But right here, like, we would have never got this if it wasn't for Garbo. Get the fuck out! I press, I press the, the... Yeah, get the fuck get out. The, fuck or out. <laughs> the body slam or squad. I mean, body dude. Slam. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Garbo's the back... We're going to add some more pretty soon. Yeah. Backbone. <laughs> yeah. I'm the sound guy. <laughs> <laughs> He's got a couple of me, I think. Unintentionally, yeah. Right. <laughs> but for episode number 56 of the unofficial official unofficial wait, let me redo that. Hmm. Yeah. Unofficial official unofficial road company podcast. Yes. So this has been episode 56 of the unofficial official unofficial road company podcast. If you want to contribute in any way, on any of these topics, by the way, if you have some information about the UGG stuff that you want to discuss, if you want to write your own statement about your experience with the UGG stuff, please feel free to reach out to me or to the broadcast directly. You can hit us up on broadcast. You can shoot us an email broadcast at gmail.com, or you can join the discord the link will be in the description. If you don't want to go through those channels, you can hit me up directly and it is not hard to find me on Twitter or discord or anything like that. So if you have any information that you want to convey or just vent, let it all out there uh, in a, in a written statement, I would be more than happy to dive into more of this stuff. Uh, but for this episode, I'm here with co Reed. I'm here with Dart Lord. I'm here with Garbo. And I'm here with Griffin. And thank you guys so much for listening. Thank you guys so much for watching. And we will catch you guys on the next episode. Have a good one, guys. Can't live with them. Can't live without them. New kid New back, kid on, back the on the block with a rip. Dag in a sag in the bag with a drip. Come and get a sip. La-dee-da. 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 <laughs>